Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, everybody. This is a craft beer and movie podcast, and that's Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. Together, we're taking over the world of your ears at this very moment. Yeah, uh, this is episode, I think, 123. We've sure. decided. <laughs> that sounds right. Um, we put out new episodes every single Monday. Um, I wanted to do just a quick bit of housekeeping before Johnny does the rest of it um, and say, wanted to give a big shout out to our friend Brian, who joined us on Patreon. Um, I know him. Yep. And that escaped us last week. Uh, I don't remember why, but Brian, thank you very much. We know him, but we forgot about him. Isn't that, isn't that the way it goes? It is. Uh, also, shout out to Erica, who found a flyer on her car last last week. Yeah, I guess somebody put a flyer on her car. Whoever it was. I don't know. It was a mystery. Uh, of when we did our Avengers uh, episode. So, uh, you know, thanks for that, Erica. Thanks totally. for shouting it out. I'm glad uh, that's, you know. I don't know what I'm saying. It's a new, li- thank she's, you. she's a new listener. Yes. She said she was going to check out the podcast. That's true. Uh, and uh, I respect the hell out of that. I do too, man. Um, so other housekeeping stuff, where can people find us on the internet? All the social medias, at Fresh Hop Cinema, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, also on Letterboxd and Untapped at Fresh Hop Cinema. Yeah. And most importantly, our website. Yeah. FreshHopCinema.com. Fresh uh, yeah. There's all sorts of stuff on our website. We have uh, lengthier or at least written movie and beer reviews, um, movies we're doing in the future. We have old episodes there. You can listen if you don't want to, you know, if you're at a desk and you're just doing your job and you don't want your boss to see you on your phone, just pull that baby up in the tab. That's right. Play at us in the background. We'll mm-hmm. be with you all day long. Heck yeah. Anything else really cool on the website? Uh, I like the reviews and there's a schedule of the movies that we do. Yeah. So right. that's, did you mention that? I might have, yeah. But I had to reference it to see what we were watching this week. Sure. So it's really yeah. helpful. Yeah. I think it keeps us accountable. Like, oh yeah, we said this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can't think of what's next week, but two years we, later, we finally have a schedule. Yeah, we got it down. Man. All right. Uh, Most importantly, Patreon. Sure. We'll mention that That's briefly. on the website. Yeah. yeah. You can go to our website and there's a tab if you want to donate to our show for a uh, dollar per episode or more than that. If you'd like, you can sign up super, super easily and you get access to bonus content. We just recorded some. We upload at least one episode of bonus content every week. We also have really cool events uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff that you can check out on our Patreon website. It's at patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. Word up. Uh, good. We're there, man. That's all the housekeeping. Let's dive right into this first beer. Yeah, I don't know what this is. I've I've actually uh, never seen it in my life, but uh, I know you picked this out, so I'm excited to hear about it. What is it called? Who makes it? Yeah, no. Well, I want to talk about the first real beer we're drinking, but first oh, I'm God. going to mention. You want to say this off the top? Oh yeah. Right. Or you're gonna be drinking it the whole time, and all it's right, gonna yeah. it's gonna <laughs> cast a lime green shadow upon yes. this whole episode. Yes. We are consuming a four loco because Max left Hellboy. We're a little bit late to this. We are. I don't remember why we did it last week. I think we forgot. I forgot the yeah, four you loco. Left, no, you, I, le- you left it at home. Yeah, I straight up forgot the four loco. No, on purpose. I had something to do. I had a show that night. Oh. And you were like, I will be generous and not make you drink this. No, that's why I wasn't bringing it today. Mm-mm. Is it two weeks in a row you tried to use well, so, music as a cop? Well, yeah, tonight's a rehearsal. What is it, bit. your job? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I didn't see Hellboy. And uh, there was an old rule we used to have in the show where if you don't see the movie, you have to drink a Four loco by the end of the episode mm-hmm. when that punishment is put into place. Yep. And we let it go for a while, but then Johnny was so mad at me for not seeing Hellboy that he brought it back just like that. Yeah, it's uh, different if you don't have time to go to the movie or something. When you walk out. I know. <laughs> Your film critic. Uh, and we don't need to rehash the drama now, but that was on on that episode. So we are drinking a Four loco Black, and it's deceptive because you would think it is not bright lime green, but it is. Yeah. It's uh, like neon, like uh, antifreeze green. It can't possibly be good for you, no. obviously. It's 14%. 
uh, stupid malt liquor stuff that's you way know, too sweet. Doesn't taste half bad over and ice. It doesn't taste half bad. It's pretty good over ice. So. I think over ice is the key to a four loco. Yeah. So if I'm really mad at you next time, you'll have to drink it warm. Yeah, not over ice, not chilled, oh. just microwaved. Just, yeah. Oh, that's wretched. <laughs> just put it in a tea kettle Ugh. that you never want to use again. That's disgusting. Yeah. So that's going to be in the background and in our glasses yes. and in our minds and our hearts because we're going to be probably idiots by the end of this. I think that's fair. Yeah. Not that we're not idiots now. More so. More so, let's talk about real educated, some would say fancy beer. Yeah, now the beer that I was mentioning. Yes, first. some real beer. What is it? Our very first beer we're going to be doing is Anderson Valley Brewing Company's Frambois Rosé Gose. Hmm. I have to say it like sure. that. Sure. Uh, that's going to be a, a raspberry dessert wine goza because all the framboise, raspberries. Yeah, so definitely. I'm expecting good things. I'm going to read what they say. By adding rose hips to the boil and fresh raspberry puree at the end of fermentation, this kettle-soured beer is a melange of flavors and aromas with light with a light ruby hue, subtle raspberry fruit notes, great nose, and fall soft that... Well, I can't read, You're bro. doing great, man. Four Locos it. make me can't read. <laughs> like two sips. Yeah. It's getting to me, man. Uh, with a light ruby hue... Subtle raspberry fruit notes greet the nose and fall soft on the palate. Its tangy, hibiscus-like flavors mingle with the salty tartness of goze, goza to create a uniquely complex and refreshing drinking experience. Uh, they actually have some suggestions of what foods to pair this with, which I think are kind of cool. You could pair this with a light salad with a vinaigrette or maybe a berry cobbler or a nice goat cheese. And I think those are yeah. all great options. Mm-hmm. I would think it'd be fun to maybe make your own vinaigrette with this. Yeah. That'd be pretty some cool. Some type of reduction. Yeah. Like, like coat some raspberries in a pan mm, with this. That'd be that, great. That'd be fun. Uh, so this is coming in at 4.2%, so it's going to be pretty drinkable. Only 12 IBUs. It's a little baby bitterness. And the malts, that doesn't matter, really? No, I don't know. So man. hops, bravo. Bravo hops. You ever had those? No. But, but you know what? Bravo. Yeah, sure. Uh, can people get this all the time? No, it's only available March through August. No, oh, we're in that sweet spot right now. Yep. Probably it's, in like the second batch. Yeah, this is their early spring seasonal. They do a cherry version of this beer. They do a GT, which is gin and tonic version of this beer. They do a watermelon version of this beer, which is called Briny Melon. Oh, that so that is what that is. I remember, I know they're like the, is that an, anal, not an antelope? Is that like a, what is that animal? It's a, uh, well, like there's a, a word for it. It's like a moose. It's like a bear with it's antlers. It's a beer or beer. That's not a real animal, is it? Oh man. Okay. Bear, you never know. Um, I, I do. Well, you just, there's a lot in the world, you know? There's freaking people if there's, thought jackalopes weren't real for a long people time. People thought yetis weren't real. And That's then we true. saw Missing Link. And then we're like, yep, they're real. Um, wait, are jackalopes real? Yeah. Or is that for real? Like, they're like, ugh, dude. <laughs> All right. So no. anyway, what I was going to say is like the uh, the briny melon is is one that I really don't like. It's like super Jolly Ranchery to me. Oh, I love it for that okay. reason. Right. Yeah. But this one is is much more subtle, I think. this is It's got like a really nice kind of peach colored. Have you tasted uh, it? Yes, I have. Okay. What um, are your initial thoughts? Well, so there is like a bit of that saltiness from the Goza bit that is in here. And I think it helps offset kind of the what could be like a really intense raspberry tartness. Um, there are a lot of framboise in particular that the raspberry comes through way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is really well balanced for that. It is super light, super drinkable, a little bit carbonation heavy for um, my taste in general. Um, I, I tend to lean towards beers that aren't like bubbling through your nose when you drink them. It's very effervescent. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I like it. I had expectations of too much framboise and I wasn't sure how much the rosé was going to add sweetness-wise because rosés are very, very sweet wines. Yeah. So maybe like a sweet raspberry wine. Uh, I'm very pleased with this beer not being as sweet as I expected it. Mm -hmm. You get a nice kind of uh, shock tart 
tartness, the old hard chewy candy, if you recall. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like got this. like a nice tang. It it really makes the sides of your mouth tingle a little bit. But I like the level of sourness. It's very, very effervescent, but it also dissipates immediately and leaves your mouth kind of like watering. Yeah, I get that a lot too. That there's like not like overly punchy to your lymph nodes, but there's some of that there. Um, I think the rose hips are a nice addition. Like you get some of that nice um, spring sort of flower mm-hmm. uh, taste, and and especially on the nose, like you get it's very it's very light. It yeah, f- feels and smells very light, and it's pretty approachable. I think I like this beer a lot. This could be a really good crushable summer beer if you're in the mood for this style. Yeah, uh, if you're a person that enjoys like Otrevez or uh, any any other Goza or stuff like that, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this. Yeah, I mean, how do you think it compares to like? Um, I'm, I know, man, I know we've done a bunch of sort of light kind of goes at or lager type beers over mm-hmm. the past couple months, but like, um, the one that I always think about, there's two actually sequench like, sequench is a great one. Um, the other, actually two others now that I think about it, um, was la- I think we did this last summer. It was jam band oh, Barry from so Boulevard. Good. You love that beer. Yep. And then the other one would be like the, um, the crush series. I can't think of who does it. Tim oh yeah. Timber the cucumber and the raspberry, yeah, like crush. raspberry crush in particular. Like, yeah. How do you think this compares to those? Um, well, the jam band was a completely different sure. um, style in that it is just like a, a lager or an yeah. ale. But in terms of like drinkability, crushability, summer ability. I would say the jam band still ranks higher than this one mm-hmm. uh, because this I wouldn't want to drink more than one of these. Okay. And I went to the river multiple times that summer and drank a whole six yeah. pack of jam band. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, and as far as the, the crush, if you like cucumber... You know, that one might be more drinkable. I think those are pretty much on the same playing field. But if I was comparing this to the Crush Raspberry, sure, I would go with this one. Just less. It tastes less artificial. Yeah. The Anderson Valley beer has a more natural, organic uh, flavor to it. And I like the botanicals that they added. It really rounds out the overall feel of this beer. And it doesn't leave you with this aftertaste of acidity. It really leaves that a nice kind of earthy almost uh, not what are the herbs? You know what I mean? Like yeah, the sure. florals and stuff. Sure. I like that. Which is like I'm so that's what surprised me is like compared to that briny melon, this is so much more yeah. nuanced and so so much more complex. Like there's there's layers to this for sure, and it's not just like bam fake watermelon. Um, I'm very pleased with this, but I think probably the best comparison of, of the ones I just listed would probably be the sequence and the one that you said like yeah because it has that goza element where mm-hmm. the sequence in particular is a really salty goza. That one is salty. I like that. The, it's the, like a margarita almost. Right. It's got the black lime thing going, yeah. and it's got the salt and and um, something about it. Like I, the last time I had it was I was out like uh, break. I was literally breaking rocks in the sun. Nice. And I was drinking a few of those, and it was like it was a great beer for that. Yeah. Um, there's that thing about salt. Uh, sort of, op- I don't know the science, but like you need to have some salt in your body to help maintain the hydration. That's why like Pedialyte. Yeah, it like have- bonds with electrolytes, right? Yeah, sure. That's why like uh, marathon runners take salt pills. Right. So like, yeah, you get like a Pedialyte, it's like so salty, but that's, it keeps your, keeps your hydration up because of science. So what you're saying is I should drink these when I'm thirsty. Or yeah, or like the sequence, like drink these mm-hmm. to rehydrate after a long night of drinking these. Is what exactly. <laughs> uh, this would be good over ice. You could like mix this into a cocktail. It'd be good. I actually don't, well, maybe that part, but I don't think over ice would be good. I don't think it would help it much. Um, comparing it to another crafty beer, like Four Loco, Four Loco, aggressive. Great over like, ice. If you dilute it, it's you're fine. Yeah. Like uh, I think this is subtle enough where I don't want to mess with the flavor profile too much. Like, I'm going to keep this as is and just keep it cold. I like this beer a lot more than I thought I was going to. Me too. This is an 8.7. Woo-hoo-hoo. This is one. This very is, high. This is top tier. One of the best goes as we've ever done on this show. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wonder. I, 
I'd like to keep track of how many we do. That'd be a cool way to kind of categorize because yeah, there's not enough stuff we have to do for the show already. Yeah, just make more on the website. Yeah, we didn't even have notes today, man. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a weird week, like we said. Or we didn't say that yet, I guess. But on our bonus content, we did check mm-hmm. out Patreon. Yep. Um, no, I like this. I like it too. a lot. It, that's why it ranks so high. This is up there with Sequench, and I friggin' love Sequench. Yeah, Sequench is great, and I, I like this as well. I don't like it as much as Sequench. No, I don't think I do either. But I do like this, and I, for that reason, I'm going to give it a seven five. I think it's pretty good. Um, the one of the main reasons is I also could like drink a bunch of Sequench in a row, but I don't think I'd want more than one of these either. Maybe two. See, I kind of felt that way with Sequench too. Though. Oh, okay. Not me. I love, but I wouldn't want more than one of these either. I just think this is an exemplary Goza. Yeah, it's a. This is going to be one of the weirder descriptions I've ever had, but it tastes really good when you burp. Comes back up. And that's, no, that's a thing. It's a tasty. You know, it's like almost everything else is not that way. It's like, ugh. Thanks. What did I just eat? That's a thing, though. That was nice. That was, uh, I, you know, I might try to burp again just to enjoy it one more time. You should uh, wiggle a little bit. The drinkability, the redrinkability of this is is top tier. All right. All right. <laughs> so, so that's Anderson Valley's. Frambois Rose Goze. Frambois Rose Goze. Uh, where do you find this? How much is it? To be fair, uh-huh. this was brought back from uh, a trip that my wife took. It was mm. in a cooler. Okay. There was almost a whole six pack left. I don't think they liked it. Sure. So I well. snatched it out of my beer fridge and brought it to the show. Their loss, our gain, I I'm suppose. I'm saying, I'm like, you need to give that to someone with a much more refined palate. Right, so Anderson Valley is out of Boonville, California, which is a place I have never been nor seen on a map. It's pretty cool, man. It's up in the uh, Eureka, Fort Bragg, not Eureka, like Mendocino, Fort Bragg sure, area. okay, yeah. Yeah, it's really close to Fort Bragg. Maybe we'll check that out uh, in September or something. Yeah, that could be fun. Um, but I'm like, I know I've seen Anderson Valley around here mm-hmm. in town. I just don't know if this is particularly around. Uh, it is. It's available. I've seen it at most most cool. places that sell beer, and I, I'm going to go ahead and say... Ten-ish? It's going to be 10 or under yeah, for this. Yeah. But this is a type of beer that you're going to see this in the grocery store. A yeah, lot of chain, chain grocery stores carry their seasonal. And it is definitely worth the pick if you're in for something more tart and tangy and crushable for this spring going into summer season. Highly recommend this. And yeah. places like Spikes and New Earth and a lot of the health, uh, health food, not health Co-op food, natural, yeah, food natural food stores, stores might have singles of this. I know for a fact that SNS has singles of this. Nice. So, yeah, check one out. They're, they're very approachable. Not gonna, not gonna kill you to try it. Probably, totally. Unless you have like a raspberry allergy, or you choke. That would. It's always a surefire way of. Death. Please don't choke on don't a choke. beer. I recommend. Uh, I mean, that would be kind of yeah. cool, though. You would be like jettisoned a number one fan of all time. That's true. So, I mean, maybe. No, we can't say. No, that. please don't. Don't die. Yeah, if it's an accident, and you want us to speak at your funeral, we'll do that. But don't try to do it. Yeah, don't do it on purpose. Yeah, that seems like the right disclaimer. Yeah. Don't just don't. If it happens, it happens. Don't try. Guys, we haven't gotten a lawyer yet. I don't want this <laughs> episode to we be the reason. We haven't needed a lawyer yet. No. And I, quite frankly, I could not go to court defending things I said while consuming a four loco. I think that's I true. Feel like that's I think an- there's like a legal stipulation <laughs> in the Constitution that says <laughs> yeah, you cannot dude. be held accountable for what you say. Yeah. Under the influence well, of this. Well, then maybe this is this whole episode is just a free pass. Yeah, that's probably right. That makes sense. Choke on it. We don't care. <laughs> it's four loco logic, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Want to talk about flick picks briefly? Yeah, we weren't able to get this done just because we are so awesome. Yes, that's sure. pretty much the bottom line here. We went to uh, the opening night of Endgame, and that only left us a four-day turnaround before we recorded. Out of those four days, like three of them, we were both out of town. We were both traveling um, pretty much all weekend, and then we had one night free before we had to go see the movie for this episode. Yes, so we like lives and our our women respectively, sure. and we like to spend time with them. Yeah. So. 
We didn't have flick picks this so, week, and yeah. we're okay with that. And uh, now you have to be too. I think that's, that's yeah. fair that but you give us that. As a general shout here, just something to kind of fill the space to prep for, for maybe next week. Um, if you didn't listen last week, Johnny has a list on his letterbox yeah, account yeah. Um, where he was going through. I didn't the, say that last week. I texted you about it like yesterday. Oh, dope. Okay, yeah, great. This is brand new information. In that case, follow Johnny on Letterbox because many weeks ago we talked about how he was going to go through the top 100 uh, AFI films, which is the American Film Institute, I believe. And it's like the 100 most classic, high-rated movies of all time. The list is technically called the 100 Greatest Films in American Film History. Oh, it's specifically American film. Yes. I didn't know that. But it makes sense now that I break down the acronym. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have two uh, two movies on there now. Yes. Uh, Raging Bull, Cool Hand Luke. Yep. Okay. And that list is going to keep growing. So if you want to uh, grow with Johnny, yeah, uh, go check it out. Exactly. It's going to be fun. I've... I went through the whole list and made sure that I had checked in to all the ones I've seen and like yeah. remember. There's a few on this list that like I saw when I was a kid or a teenager, but I, basically I'm going through the whole list and any movie that I have not watched in the last five years since I have like kind of started yeah. to watch movies with a critical eye, I am considering them unwatched. I think that's fair. So I'm going to go back and revisit them because I couldn't tell you the plot or who is the best actor in right. it. So it's just not fair to the film. So I'm going to give them all the time that I and pretty much the whole world thinks that they deserve. And it's going to be fun. I'm going to talk about them every week that I have time to watch one of them. Yeah. And that's the other cool thing about Flick Picks is like um, with our main movies of the episode, we try to stay pretty current. Mm -hmm. Um, But we get like really deep into like classic movies sometimes. And and if we're both on our game, we'll each watch a movie. Um, And like I feel like we've done we've done some really interesting ones in the past, like some that are like 20 years old. Totally. I mean, that'll be more well, the like, case with this list. Yeah, like Cool Hand Luke came out in 1967. Right. And it's really fun going back and seeing how those classic films inspired modern day filmmaking. Yeah, and right. It's just, it gives you a really good perspective. So uh, also shout out to All the Best because they have an AFI section. Oh, yeah. It's a, isn't that great? You yeah. would never see it too. You're just like up against the wall. Like when you walk in, it's around the corner. Like you make an immediate U-turn to the right and it's right there. Yeah. So if you uh, really want to follow along with my cinematic journey, head over there and you can rent any of the movies that I watch. A lot of times on the episode two, I will say where they're streaming because I'm lazy and don't like to leave the house. Sure. But when I do, I head right down to all the best video. It's a place to go. That is. Uh, They know Max there, apparently. They do know me there. Nobody knows you there. One person (laughs) there. And more than that, know me by face, but it doesn't matter. This isn't whatever. My ego can take it. They don't have to know me. <laughs> this guy that he knows is made up. I'm He's telling you. You have to introduce me to this best. guy. I'd love to do Let's that. Let's go into all the best sometime. You can introduce me. I'll be like, hey, what's this guy's name? Done. That'd be great. Do you know this guy? He does. He just stole my wallet. <laughs> I don't know him. Uh, all right. Yeah. So that's our no flick pick. Yeah. How do you feel about him in the break? Let's take a break, and then we're going to come back with the 2019 children's movie no, film no. action adventure hang on a minute is a this uh, sci-fi horror yeah let's call it a sci-fi horror animated children's movie uh, interspecies snuff film yeah yeah called uh does link from from zelda have a last name because i was going to try to say that but i realized i didn't know if he had one yeah i don't think he does the missing wait isn't his first name no zelda's the princess Zelda's the princess link it's sir link link yeah link the guy the, guy, the dude what if his first name's slink 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 link slink link maybe his first name's missing Maybe. We're going to come back and talk about Missing Link. <laughs> Maybe his name's Susan. <laughs> if you want to take an adventure, maybe you're trying to figure out what species you are. Maybe you just have a good friend. You're on a hike. Who you knows? you got to find Shangri-La. Yeah, Shangri-La. It could be behind the handlebar. 
Yeah, you never know. The handlebar, by the way, is right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. And they're a craft beer bar and restaurant with, I believe, a full liquor license now. Am I right? Oh, snap. And I heard that happy hour pricing applies to cocktails as well. Is that real? Ooh, you get a dollar off all well cocktails. So that's a dollar off well cocktails, beer and wine, or half off bottles of wine. Which is crazy. Which is great. Yeah. Um, So again, that's the handlebar here in Chico, 2070 East 20th Street. Go check them out seven days a week for their happy hour from 2 to 6 p.m. Get a dollar off basically anything your heart desires. Take a peek at that menu, too, because if you look closely, they're rolling out five or six new food items. So check it out. Legend tells of a lost species, a link between man and beast. For centuries, he's lived in hiding, but at long last, he's reaching out and ready to be found. It's still there. Excuse me. Hi. You can speak. Yes, and um, I write as well. My penmanship isn't great, but, uh, you know, opposable thumbs and... Fat fingers, you know. Meet Mr. Link. <laughs> you know, like, missing Link. Ah! Wait, I don't get it. Mama pajama rolled out of bed. A creature of enormous stature. <laughs> Eight feet tall. <laughs> 650 pounds. It's more like, uh, you know, 630 pounds. You know, it's it's the hair that makes me look heavier, I think. It's, it's, a, it's a little deceptive. It can be frustrating. He's a link to our past. Oh. A connection to our present. Oh. And a bridge to the future. Oh. Wait a second. I said, oh, like I knew what you were talking about, but I don't. Well, I'm on my way. This spring, on the other side of the world, are my cousins. Can you take me there? I know the secret ways through the mountains. Is it hot in here? By all means, crack open the wind. Dough. Oh, that's better. The search for his kind. I'll bring back proof of the greatest discovery of the century. Will become an adventure of mythical proportions. Um, you have killed my grandmother! Quick, quick, quick! Someone should give her the kiss of life! You're the man for the job. How's my breath? <sighs> he is the missing link. Throw me out of the pit. I think it might be a little too heavy. Nonsense. Now, give it all you've got. <sighs> oh, it's hard to know whose fault that was. Let's do it again. Mr. Link recruits explorer Sir Lion Frost to help find his long-lost relatives in the fabled Valley of Shangri-La. Along with adventurer Adelina Fortnite, this trio of explorers travel the world to help their new friend. Yes, everybody, you're right. That was the trailer and, subsequently, the description for a film called The Missing Link, directed by Chris Butler, also written by Chris Butler. This movie stars Hugh Ackman as Sir Lionel Frost, David Williams as Mr. Lemuel Lint, uh, and other people that we'll get into as we talk about it. But um, this is a movie that has been out for, I don't know, like six weeks or so, Johnny, you think? Maybe like that? Six to other weeks, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Right in that ballpark. Um, and it's one that's been kind of on our radar, and we've wanted to do it, but it's been sort of the start of the summer blockbuster season, so we haven't had a chance until this week. 
Um, I want to say it came out on April 12th. It runs an hour and 35 minutes and it's domestic total as of uh, yesterday morning. So April 30th uh, is about $15.7 million. That's pretty good. Pretty good um, for, I guess what we would call technically um, a children's movie, not a whatever the, you said earlier. <laughs> uh, interspecies uh, snuff film. Yes. Yeah. Um, what do you think, man? I liked it quite a bit. It was really, really surprisingly good and like actually had some depth to it of plot and um, moral purpose. Yeah. Which I thought was really good. I wrote a review. Did, are you really? Yeah. Already? Read, I'd love to. Can I read it out to the you people? You should read it. This is my official letterbox review because I'm trying to put the work in. I'm always hot and cold on these like grippy things on the back of the phone, but man, that is easy to hold mm-hmm. with this little, what do you call these things? Pop socket. Pop sockets. Uh, okay. Johnny says, Missing Link is a fun movie with a solid backbone of metaphorical and sometimes literal life lessons. We see underlying themes of friendship, romance, independence, and where a person, uh, or Sasquatch, finds their true worth. A very entertaining and thoughtful family film with some great ideas at its core. It also boasts quite a stacked cast of voice actors that I found quite enjoyable. Uh, Typo notwithstanding, if I did... If, was it was there a typo? Be, if it was supposed to be thoughtful, yes. Oh, uh, but it's a great review, man. I think. Well, did it spell it out? Thought T H O T. No, it did not okay. do that. <laughs> um, no, that's that's accurate. I think like to make a really effective children's movie, and by effective I mean one that like c- can be surely watched by children, and maybe there can be lessons gleaned, but also is entertaining to adults. Totally. Um, I think like you have to have a lot of these sort of common threads, and you have movies like Zootopia, um, to some extent, like Frozen. Even though I'm not as into that movie as you are. Um, but like, I think what you said there is true. Like there's all these lessons to be taken away and none of them are like too heavily veiled. They're all pretty much there for anybody that's looking. Exactly. But they're good lessons, like finding your self-worth in particular. Yeah. Well, cause when it comes to kids movies, the, uh, the, the metaphors can't be too no. veiled. Right. They have to be somewhat on the nose because yeah. their noses are small and runny Which is and fine. stupid. Yeah. They're dumb little kids. Yeah. <laughs> you got to tell fine. them that they're worth a lot. Yeah, kids are not, idiots. If you have kids, don't tell them what we just said about them. <laughs> it's true to some extent, but they're also precious angels and they are perfect. So, yeah. you know. You know, we're adults talking as an adult podcast. Exactly. Um, anyways, I think that that uh, summary was more or less about right. I like uh, the the whole plot is basically just a, a means for our main characters to develop themselves. Yeah, so it's, it's a cool. movie of of self discovery, indeed, and world discovery. It was a really nice movie to look at as well. So I was going to ask about that, and I meant to look this up, and I forgot. Well, is it ch- stop motion or CGI? Right. So I think I think um, is that what you were going to ask? Well, yeah, I think it reminded me a lot of now that you say stop motion. I think I was going to say Kubo Isle, and the Two Isle of Dogs, not Isle of Dogs. No, different. Specifically, right? well, Kubo yeah. for sure, though. Yeah, and I want to see real quick. Um, I, I can look, look it up. Okay, perfect. Um, if you can find like the similar, if there was like a similar, if maybe they're the same director, I just don't know that off the top of my head. But the animation style here is fantastic. It's very, um, it's very unique. It's uh, it shows. I think it, it pulls you right into it from the mm-hmm. get, which is a very powerful way to come out swinging. Oh yeah, it's all stop motion. There's a bunch of YouTube videos on the making of. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's great, man. So yeah, I think the last true stop motion we did was was Isle of Dogs last last April actually. It was uh, it was animated by a, a place called Laika L A I K A Studios. That sounds familiar, actually. Yeah, I'm gonna look up and see what else they've done. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to know because I, I remember I feel like I've seen that that name or that production company somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, any luck so far? Not yet. Um, okay. Oh well, yeah, they did Kubo. They did Kubo. Yeah. Okay, great. It was that- animated by the same people. So Leica Film Productions also did Coraline. Oh, I never saw Coraline. Yeah. That's, is that Tim Burton? Paranorman, Box Trolls, Corpse Bride. Yeah. Uh, 
and dinosaurs from 1980. Wow. Remember the one with the old like puppet yeah. dinosaurs? Yeah. Yeah. That's so weird. Okay. Yeah. So Leica Studios. Okay. Well, that that makes me feel better because like it is such a such a, a noticeable animation style. Like I was like, man, this is it's a really cool thing too. Like especially some of the action scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's like this particular one that I noticed. There's a chase through a forest. Um, yeah. It's brief, but it is very beautiful. And like the the fast action mm-hmm. really really kind of makes this the stop motion kind of thing pop. Yeah. Um, in a very cool way. Yeah, I really liked it, and it did have a very similar vibe to Kubo. Yeah, like which the, I just watched for the first time recently. Really? Yeah. Uh, how recently? Within the last four days, month. <laughs> yeah, no, within the last yeah. like two months, it's, maybe three months. It's great. It's really good. Yeah, I think some of that, like the the textures that this that particular stop motion art form gets, are really really interesting. Well, you know what's cool and why I think we like it is that it's it's tactile. It's yeah, a completely. practical thing. You mm-hmm. are watching a thing move yeah it's not computer generated it moves exactly like a thing would move because there's people between every frame moving it a little yeah. bit. yeah and i think that practical effects are so lost yeah they go on the way of which, the dinosaurs which sucks if you will yeah 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 although like there's of course a time and a place for stuff but i think it's really admirable when a studio will take the time and energy and effort to do something like this mm-hmm. for the sake of wanting to have they have a vision and they want to execute it yeah. and they could have easily animated this uh, with computers, and they oh, didn't, yeah. which is, I think, really cool. I do too, man. I Makes like, me like this movie more. Definitely. Um, how effective do you think the sort of and like we're not going to spoil too much here? I don't know why we care at this point. Like this isn't really a spoiler-heavy movie, but no. Um, so I don't really care. How effective do you think the uh, sort of the villains were in this? Do, like, do you think they served their purpose? Yeah, I think they were like just mean enough. They weren't super uh, evil. They were. I mean, but they were. But they but were. It was like it was cartoon evil. It was, but also it was um, evil, like a social kind of evil with kind of, with I'm thinking with Hugh Jackman, his villain characters, uh, they were very like, uh, you can't be in our club. Right. And that, that reflects a lot on, on, you know, metaphors of society. You could lay a claim to the comparison to social media. Uh, being one of the cool kids, stuff like that. You can't and, sit with us. Yeah, exactly. Just watched Mean Girls the other night. Exactly. And stop trying to make Fetch happen for the love sure. of God. Sure. So you could obviously draw that. I think the villains were effective in that, you know, there was a societal villain that made Hugh Jackman's character in this film feel as an outsider. And the whole, you know, crux of his existence is seeking their approval right. and thinking he needs to be in that club to prove his worth. Yeah, should we set that up a little bit? I think I just did. Yeah. It's like I, I a guess. hunting club. He's like, like yeah, an adventurer. Hunters, right, but they're also adventurers. But he's, he adventures like to try to find things that other people sort of dubbed as myths. And the movie opens with sort of a um, an expedition to find the Loch Ness Monster. I think was the implication, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, it um, was. They called it Nessie. Okay. Which is the Loch Ness and Monster. And then they never find. Like, he, also he the gets, worst character in the office. Uh, Nellie is what you're thinking of. But she's, not, by the way, no. Uh, that would be, we should talk about that at some point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not now. No, she's um, up there though. She's up there. She's top five. Uh, she. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, maybe she might be top five. Oh, she's for sure top five. Um. Well. Yeah. Okay. I agree. She's all top right. Five. That's gonna be our hot and bother. Our, uh, yeah, okay. our, our our not hot and bothered <laughs> bonus content. Or our something. bonus content yeah, for next week. No, for no this week. We, we're not gonna. What, what's the What's the danger zone for this? They didn't find their self worth. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you they meant committed actually bonus content. Murder suicide is how this movie ended. They realized there is no self worth. 
because uh, bonus content in my world and yours means something very different. Yeah, no, I meant more like just we should talk about that okay. in the third, in the okay. third segment okay. because there's not going to be a, a danger zone yeah. for this movie. No. All well, that's to say, he hunts mythic doesn't hunt. He researches mythical animals, and these guys hunt uh, non-mythical creatures. And kill them and stand on top of them. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that was like, again, this is for kids probably. So like when I say heavy-handed for children, it's like, bad guy, bad, yeah. so great. Um, there was very much like, do you remember Beatrice at dinner? John Lithgow's yeah. character was like sort of like the industrial tycoon, kind of mm-hmm. felt Trumpy, kind of felt like, yep. um, you know, that like, kind of guy. The, the, uh, the stereotype. He's like a cartoon of a person. Yes. So like that's kind of the purpose of villain serve. was like, I'm, I'm, but, and they're all British. Um, no. Which is like, it's not like I'm taking the the low road there. Like they make a point, like we're British and yeah. we're better than yeah. you. And well, and they one of the lines was like, "We go to foreign countries and teach these savages yes. British manners." Yeah, that's the other thing. He looks a lot like just his kind of bone and body structure looks a lot like the governor from Pocahontas. Yeah, purple, like totally savages, yeah, savages. Uh, but so like there was him, and then there was sort of the bounty hunter dude. Yeah, uh, which was voiced by Timothy Oliphant. Yes, who you knew right away. Yeah, I got that. What did you watch him in that you Deadwood. know? Deadwood. Deadwood. He's a Deadwood very well. distinct voice. And also, I really enjoy him in the Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix. He's Danny Cordray from The Office, right? Yes. Okay. The Briefly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. That's, I think, the only way I yep. know him. So, but he I knew who he was. Yeah, he was. Have you ever watched Deadwood? No, I still haven't. I'm, I'm going to, when the movie is announced, just, or has it already been announced? It comes out the 30th. Something of this month, I think. Of this month? Yeah, it's coming out this month, dog. Oh, I thought it was like later in the fall. No, it's it's coming and it's here soon and you should really start watching that show. That's, so well, can, that's how I was going to I was going to wait until like yeah. a month before it came out, but I guess that's I was going to search it. Because people swear by Deadwood. I love it. It's top, probably top five shows all time. Okay. Yeah, I knew that. You talked about this yeah, before. I, I want to touch on one more character um, while we're kind of keeping things uh, general here. And it was uh, the Adelina Fortnite character played by Zoe Saldana. She's great. Um, I would say she's a romantic interest, but that would be misleading because I think this movie does a really good job of not making her that. They made her so cool. Yeah. Like that, Shalina commented on the way home because she came to the movies with us. She was like, I like how they wrote that chick. Yeah. Like, she's like, she don't need no man. Right. And it was cool. Spoiler like, alert. Right. So like. Um, she plays the widow of Sir Lionel's best friend. And like they used to adventure together, he and his best friend. And then um, you understand there was some romance between them and then they fall away and she marries his best friend and then he dies from something I can't remember. Um, and then like we kind of rekindle their relationship and you think that by the end it's like, yeah, they're going to fall in love and they're going to kiss under the moonlight. Like we've seen this movie before. A million times. And then um, it doesn't happen that way, which I think is really refreshing. I was, I remember sitting back in our theater of like seven people. I was like, okay. Right. I remember they're like two little kids. And I was like, this is good. Mm-hmm. This is good for these like two little girls that were there. Like, yeah, you don't, you, she literally says the character's like, I think I, she like stops him from kissing her. And she's like, I need to go off on my own adventure. Not for you. Not for Susan. Uh, mm-hmm. who we haven't even said is the yep. name that, uh, Zach Galifianakis's uh, Link Sasquatch character chooses, um, but for myself, I need to go and, and do this and see the world. Which I thought I was like, all right, yeah. Well, when she says something like, "You, I see improvement in you," mm-hmm. but like you're a good man, but you're not good enough yet. Oh, that was crazy too. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. was like, oh, girl, yeah, get it. That was, that was a nice moment. It was, it was a very, very powerful moment, and it's nice to see female characters getting written powerfully yeah agree you know, that's that's awesome and that's good for little girls to yeah see, dude 100 i think it's great too like it's good for men to see too exactly i was gonna be like yeah like oh wait i i'm a boy i just can't lean in and kiss and get the girl of my dreams she can stop me it's not wait a minute automatically what? mine because uh, of entitlement so funny <laughs> watch um this is bullshit. yeah dude <laughs> can we talk about like the uh, implied like really intense gruesome deaths every now and again in this movie? <laughs> 
Yes, we can. There was some like really legit implied violence in this movie. Yeah, I mean, at like, one point, someone I turned to you and like the, like at the credits, and I'm like, did that dude just get impaled by a giant icicle? Yeah, like safe to say, this movie's PG. So like, there's no blood or anything, but like, it's if implied. You're an adult, you're like, I I know what should happen according to physics when yeah. that happens. And like, you're like, oh, it's not good. There's like, there, at one point, I remember there's a saloon shootout where like an animal, a stuffed animal. Mm, what's the right way to say that? That doesn't make like it sound a tax, like a toy. Taxidermy, taxidermy to animal? Yeah, it's like a buffalo or something yeah. mounted on the wall. It gets shot in between the eyes and like almost has like a facial reaction. It's like, oh no, my head. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh God, all right. Oh, he just got shot in the head. Yeah. And like there's stuff like that peppered throughout and in a humorous way, but also if, like if, if the sound was off and you put a different soundtrack on it, be like, oh, this is a dark movie. Yeah. Uh, which I actually enjoy play, about this. Play like a Marilyn Manson song over that right. fight scene. Yeah. It's like just a bunch of cartoons murdering each other. Disa- yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, for better or for worse, I thought that was at least entertaining as an adult. Totally. There was some also like um, pretty intense innuendos throughout here. Oh, yeah. Um, but no more than like every other kid's movie when you're an adult watching them again. You're like, oh, this was in here when I was a child. No wonder my sexuality is so messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I'm. So I have these things. Oh, there's uh, a Beauty and the Beast fetish that I don't want to talk about. Sure. Sure. I have to be dressed up as Belle yep. to orgasm. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a non four loco episode, I would make a mental note like, maybe I should take out that word, but you know what? Here we are. You know what? And we're shifting direction in this show. So yeah. um, I'm going to. There's so many worse words I could have used. Definitely you could have, yeah. and I appreciate that about you. Yep. And that's um, what I appreciate about you. So I don't know. I don't know how much else I have to say about Missing Link. I think I've sort of covered. My uh, my main base is what do you say we rate it? Let's do that because I think we both really enjoyed this. Yeah, uh, you first. You know I really did enjoy it, and I would probably watch it again if it was on Netflix streaming. I would for sure sit down and check it out again. So, for a kids movie, that's a pretty high praise, and I definitely like the the morals and the the overall overall themes that this presented. Am I gonna remember it forever? No, but yeah. is it enjoyable and entertaining and obviously like it more because it's stop motion and that's just so hard sure. to do. Uh, I'm going to give this movie like a seven, four. Okay. That's a respectable rating. I can get behind that. There was one point I remember seeing a trailer for what I thought was this movie. Um, and in my brain, like months ago where I saw this trailer, I was like, okay, there's like an animated movie coming out about yetis. And I, like, I don't think we see a yeti in this movie until like, yeah, the Yetis were the super secondary. Act. And I almost leaned over to you, like, within minutes of when we first saw it, I was like, dude, is this is this that movie about the Yetis, or is it not? Because, like, I, I think I don't know what this movie is. And then they showed up. Um, all this to say, like, I think the Yeti stuff in this movie was kind of the weakest. Um, I, I just, I wish, like, because that's, like, it's building to. It's like, we have Lionel's sort of story about finding his own self-worth and not to be so selfish. And then Susan's is all about, like, trying to find where he belongs kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and I just feel like the 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 Yeti chapter of this movie was really quick. Um, and we learned like, Oh, even though they look alike and they're related, they can be bad too. Um, which is a good message probably, but I, I just felt like it was a little bit rushed. Um, but everything else about this movie I liked, I think it will stick with me. I would watch it again for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I think my fiance would really enjoy it. I might watch it again in the next couple months. Hell yeah. I like it. Um, and I'm going to give it an eight. I'm always a big sucker for like self growth movies and movies that push what I would consider to be uh, worthwhile social agendas. Like, uh, women's value or self-worth or like things like that. Just an eight. Uh, and, and just, you know, over intense gore. Great. Love it. Implied gore. I yeah. So an eight for me is going to, it's gonna a rookie score, but we'll take it. it. I just, you know, I'm getting more in There's sync. no with decibel like, point. It's hard to translate that to a letterbox review. So I try to do like ones that I'm, I've been going like 
flat numbers or point fives, and it usually gets my point across. So it's fine. All right. Um, All right. What do you think, my friend? I think let's jump to a break, and we'll come back with the second and final beer, which is our Urban Roots collab they did with Not Modern Times, Moonraker, and uh, Moxa. Moxa, thanks. The 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 M names really throw you for yeah, a especially like they're like within stones throw of each other. It's like totally. You, I used to get knee deep in uh, Moonraker mixed up a lot. Yeah, but it is a special beer that was released for Sacramento Beer Week that I was lucky enough to get out down there and get yeah. a four pack of. So we're going to come back with that and maybe some spoilers and also our hot and bothered for this week. Yeah, I said we throw hot and bothered uh, ahead of the beer. Make people listen to our lives before we give Let's them more do it. Uh, beer content. Hell yeah. Okay, stick around. Um, no spoilers really for this movie. Uh, I just get in the habit Like of I said, that. it ends in, in murder-suicide. Yep, we'll be right back. Danger zone. 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 Hey, everybody, welcome to The Danger Zone. If you've never heard The Danger Zone before, the idea is that usually we spoil uh, our movie of the week. There's not much to spoil with Missing Link. The other sort of big thing is that we lift all bands on profanity. Sometimes we think that people listen with their kids, and by we, I mean me, I think. Yeah, he thinks kids like to hear And my mother listens sometimes, and I've told my mom, listen, mom, two-thirds of the show, it's totally safe to listen, but you're going to want to maybe turn it off towards the end because particularly my my co-host has a bit of a sailor mouth. And you basically I, I get told your mom I'm a piece of sheet. shit. Well, didn't sheet. You? <laughs> you even tried to censor it there. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I think I what think you've done to me. Objectively, profanity is a, is fine. I think it's it's situational. I know. I've heard you talk off air. And it, yeah, exactly. Um, and if I'm not like if I'm not this like people that aren't offended by it. Sure. It's all about intent. We've talked about this on bonus content. So we were somewhere outside the danger zone. What the fuck are we going to talk about? When the four loco began to take hold. Yeah. 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 That's what's happening. Hot and bothered. Right. We're into hot and bothered. Matt's mad because it's... Who? Matt? Max is... Wow. Two years, that's never happened. Max is... I'm just trying to talk too fast. Yeah. Welcome to my world. Max is mad because his fingy hurts. Listen, I had to put in a new AC with the help of my landlord and a person who does things like putting in ACs. And I had this idea. We needed like a wedge, a piece of wood to kind of bridge the gap between the outside and the inside. You thought your finger... Yeah, I'll just shove that in there. Uh, and something bit me. No, I had like a piece of wood and I was going to try to saw it with a saw. And I was basically doing this. Nobody can see, but you can see. And yeah, he's making a sawing motion. I was holding the block of wood like this and I, it wouldn't yeah. take. Like, you know, and like it can't quite get yeah. into the rut. So I like ripped it and it cut into my finger. Oh, not, so it's not just like a clean cut. That's like a serrated no, it saw blade. It's a rip. It's a shark bite. It's a rip. Do you know that's that is why? Paper cuts hurt significantly more than a cut with a knife. Why is that? Because it's a friction cut. It's not a sharp edge. Why would so that? So it's actually like saw. It's a, like a tiny saw. I don't understand why that would hurt more, I guess. Like, but paper cuts hurt more than regular cuts because well, it's well. it's ripping. It's like it's not. It's a jagged edge like a saw. I guess for particularly with paper cuts, it was my impression that um, the 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 t- the tiny tiny bit of oh look how that sounds tiny edge of paper mm-hmm. when you drag it fast enough is effectively a sharp knife rather than like a saw which has like multiple stab parts which yeah is more of but like it's, a rip. it's still a ripping tearing cut yeah i guess so huh you should look into it i will um yeah all that to say my finger really hurts and i ripped it open this morning accidentally and i had a show earlier today like i said um and at one point like i was soloing something and like perfectly a guitar string went right into it you're doing some eddie van halen style finger tapping almost screamed it was so bad people would have thought you were just way into it yeah just so digging my solo just i'm solo in my own gig like feeling it man yeah (laughs) 
Uh, anyways, it's, meanwhile, it's like the the solo in I can see clearly now. Uh, is there a solo in that song? Yeah, there could be. If yeah, you try hard enough. Like the lamest like single note. Dun, da, da, da. Yeah. yeah. As long anyways, as you're finger tapping on the acoustic, sure. that's bothering me. Is what's going on. That's my bothered this week. So Max lives a very white privileged life. <laughs> Suck. <laughs> I got a paper cut a with cut a saw. I might be. Well, and my guitar sounds well, bad. Well, to be fair, yeah, that is your profession, and it you is. do make your money, and you keep a roof over the podcast studio with your fingers. Yeah. So I should feel a little bit more empathy than I do. Do you? Now that you say that? Nope. Yeah. Not at all. What about you, man? What's going on? Uh, hot and bothered. Let's see. Uh, not much to be bothered about. Life's pretty chill. Uh, I have my new fridge working in the garage, so that's pretty hot. I'm right. going to be doing a temperature monitoring test over the next 24 hours to make sure for any reason that the fridge doesn't freeze before I put like a used car's worth monetarily of beer in there yeah. that I'm going to store. You, is it down in the basement right now? No, it's in the garage in we, case anyone wants to rob me. Sure. You have a basement. Yes. We've talked about renovating it into too. a movie theater. Yes. We got to do that. We do. Yeah. We should get drunk and bring your saw. Let's do it. Yeah. I don't need this many fingers. Great. Let's no. go. You just have to hold the boards with your feet. That's fine. You don't need your toes to make beautiful sex music. No. No. Which Not is how I describe Max. As music. you should. Yeah. As you should. You should quote me on that on yeah, the website. I will. So yes, I have a beer fridge and that's exciting because now I have going to have more room to buy beer. Yeah. Yeah. And also my hot for this week and is it's, it's my bothered and it's going to encompass... Probably the next 10 minutes of this podcast is the Game of Thrones episode that we watched together. We had Season a, 8, episode 3. Yes. The Battle of Winterfell. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Correct. Okay. That makes sense. Um, you know why, right? Because the battle was at Winterfell? Yep. Sure. Because um, the battle was at the Bastards. Exactly. Uh, uh, what do you want to say about this? Because I maybe there's people listening that haven't heard it, but by the time this drops, it has been eight days. Full so. spoiler alert. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it by now- you're not a fan. Turn off the podcast. Yeah, you're just not a fan yeah, of that show. Exactly. It's, but yeah, the it's, episode four is out, so yeah, whatever. We're talking about last week's episode. Yeah. yeah. What do you want to talk about? Uh, there was a lot. I think I was a little disappointed overall. There's a lot of complaints online. Um, for me, I was just talking to you. I saw an, an article, uh, actually a comment on a thread on Reddit that really surmised why that episode got under my skin so much. Yeah, you talked about plot armor, which I really love. Yeah, it's a term I just learned, and it makes so much sense. Um, it really was based on the point that this show, Game of Thrones, was based and is has lived in the universe a long time of if your, ac yeah, 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 your, actions. your actions have consequences sure. and they're often grim. When Ned Stark got stabbed in the leg, he walked sure. with a cane the rest of the time. Yeah. You know? When Hellboy got stabbed with spears, he, he walked away. He smoked a cigar. And yeah. he also uh, led Max to leave the theater. Exactly. Consequences, everybody. Yeah. You know, some might say Hellboy is very powerful. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. He shunned you away from a theater. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's that principle that your actions have consequences, and that's always been what separated this show from you know other cheesy shows. It's not afraid to kill off its characters because their actions have consequences. Right. And the weight of that has been genre-defying and show-defining. It's really been a key. Did you make that up? Yeah, just now, really right good. off the top. Really good. I'm going to be a mumble rapper on SoundCloud by the end of this episode. No, you're better. Than 100%. That. So you're going to be my manager. Sure. Call you Maxi Max. Done. The uh, first is a Y. Maxi Max. Yeah. I'm Maxi. 
Yeah, exactly. Sure. So yeah, it's been, this is what set the show apart. And to me, we spoke that if this war with the White Walkers ended this episode, that the stakes would be a lot lower. how could they be higher? You're exactly. fighting the dead. Right now death. it's life or death. And from this episode on, it's who gets to rule. Right, which is inconsequential compared to fighting death itself. So there is the side of that argument that in returning to that, the show is returning to truest form. You mean like what it established back from to the, the get-go? Yeah, back to the political, uh, you know what I mean? Although the opening scene of the show deals with the White Walkers. Exactly. So, so there's there's arguments on both sure. sides. I'm just trying to figure but, out. But yes. You listen to all the arguments, you kind of make up your own mind. Like I wouldn't argue that point, but people have said that yeah. the show is going to be more of a return to, to form from episode four or five and six. Uh, for me and you, I think the stakes are a lot lower because it's not a life and death apocalyptic situation at this point. And where do you go from that? Right. So, my like to your point, the issues that I have are are less of those of stakes and more of like I'll give a few examples. Like there's when um, John is chasing after Daenerys knocks the Night King off of his dragon, mm-hmm. he falls down, and John is like he crashes too. He's like I'm gonna go fight the Night King. Then Night King's like Nah, dead people don't be dead anymore. Then he's surrounded, and then the camera cuts away. He survives that. Uh, and then, like when Jorah and Danny are on the ground fighting, then they are surrounded, and the camera cuts away, and they survive. There's all these moments that we're presented with where the characters should die. That's where that term that I just learned, right? Plot armor. Yep, it's great. It's not great, but it's a great example of that. It's, it's an like accurate descriptor, and it's so so um, antithetical to what Game of Thrones has prepared us for. Like yep. everybody and their mother was ready to like let Brienne die because we had this beautiful emotional buildup with her and Jamie, and like she doesn't. And then Daenerys doesn't die. John doesn't die. Bran doesn't die. Like nothing has. Theon dies and Jorah dies, which are very sad. And the little Mormon. Oh, uh, and uh, Lyanna? Lyanna Mormon, yeah. yeah. And and Ed from The Wall, which nobody was surprised. At least I don't think so. Like, no. He helps Sam up and then he gets stabbed through the face, by the way. Oh, and like, Baylor. Or oh, yeah. Was it Baylor? Beric. on Darien. Which, like, still pretty good. At one point, he, like, does, like, a very kind of Jesus sort of being crucified I stance. Heard, I've heard that being the most Hodor thing that's happened since Hodor. Totally. So. Now, what should have happened is he should have died there, but he, like, manages to, I don't know how, but he gets stabbed, like, four or five whites and then keeps coming through the door. And, like... On that same thread, ugh. one of the comments was, that was, like, uh, in Call of Duty when you hide in the corner, so your health bar Comes goes back. back. <laughs> the fleeing Except the screen he wasn't flash. hiding. He was, like, getting stabbed yeah. more. And then he just, like, kind of, like, walks away. I don't know. Yeah. He should have died in that moment, but I understand, and I respect the fact that the showrunners want to give emotional deaths to those that matter. Melisandre dies, I guess, which, yeah, whatever. I don't know. She did save the entire day, basically, but. Did she? Well, I mean, yeah. No. She killed the Dothraki pretty hard, like Glenn Weldon said, but yeah. um, she also lit the trench on fire, which is arguably huge. And that kind of, she can make damage, she sent, sent Arya back to like her true purpose. Sure. So that's important. That would be the most important because yeah. those first two things were easily overcome by the army of the dead. Yeah, that's true. So. In any case, that's Game of Thrones. Yeah. We are both big fans, obviously. Let's rate that episode out of 10. Weird. Okay, sure. I actually like the episode because of when I watched it, I felt it. But going back, it's a little bit different. So I don't know. I have a game. I have like three tattoos on my body, and one is from the books of A Song of Ice and Fire. So I'm going to still give it an eight. No, not. I'm going to give it a seven. It's a seven episode. Yeah, it's like a six two for me. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You want to talk about beer? Yeah, let's do our last beer of the show. Yeah, because so I think we're putting the movie to bed. We can um, all yeah. we can all just agree. Go see Missing Link if you want. It's a good good movie. It was cute as f. Cute as f. 
Well, um, fuck in the danger zone. But this is a uh, this is a beer that Johnny brought back from Sacramento. We mentioned it, I think, earlier, or did we not? Yeah, I mentioned it before the break. Right. It was okay. the Sacramento Beer Week special release. All three breweries involved in this collaboration actually brewed and canned their own versions of this beer. I don't know if Moxa canned it, but I'm sure Moonraker did because they can everything. Right. Uh, but all of them were just slight variations on a double IPA. So they used kind of the same base recipe and they all did their own thing. But I was lucky enough or am lucky enough to have a really cool mom that wanted to have her birthday dinner at a brewery slash barbecue place. Sure. So we went to Urban Roots for her birthday. Uh, happy extra bonus. I get a four pack of this. Yeah. And so. here's here's what Urban Roots had to say on their website. They said, in a world dominated by IPAs, three breweries set out to do the unthinkable and brew three collaboration IPAs. That's right. We've teamed up with our friends at Moonraker and Moxa to brew three different collaboration IPAs united under one name. Meeting of the Minds. Join us for the can release, blah, blah, blah. You did that. Uh, it's a West Coast double IPA featuring Citra, Galaxy, and CTZ coming in at 8.4% ABV. Johnny, we've both had this, but please do the Meeting honors. Meeting of the Minds. I love it. I love the can art. Yeah, Check geometric. Yeah, uh, super cool. It reminds me a lot of... Uh, the backsplash behind the taps at Urban Roots. They have a very geometric mosaic style sure. pattern. Tile, probably. T- yeah, tons yeah. of tile. And yeah. I've been watching a ton of HGTV because wife, and I know what a backsplash is now. And is they've got a into, nice one. Into like home renovation. Oh yeah, because I'm so into that show. Like I don't ever really watch TV, but when I'm at the at the Pepper Mill in Reno plan, I'll go to their gym and there's like cables, and I'll put on HGTV. Is that what it's called? Home For Loco, baby. Frick. <laughs> um, and it's a great time. Like, I don't really like reality TV, so I like that show because it's like, here's cool ideas for your kitchen. Well, and there's like, even the quote unquote reality shows on that channel are like Property Brothers. Yeah, right. Where you're I like, don't know what that but is. You, it's where they show houses and they renovate a house. Basically, someone has a house that they don't like anymore. They either, they will renovate the house. Right. And they will give them two other options of houses that they could just buy. And, and they, like lose they pick the one of, yeah, house. and they okay. pick one of the three. So these two brothers, yeah. they like they do the house up to its fullest potential that they're in, or then you have these two other crazy options. It's fun. Yeah, okay. It's a good show. But yeah, she really likes the the stuff. So It's great. Yeah. I know what a backsplash is. Sure. I know that you should have laminate throughout because you don't want to break up a small space. Of course not. I don't <laughs> know what uh, actually that means. I know the latter part. What's a, what's a laminate throughout mean? The flooring. Oh, like sure. laminate flooring. You don't switch up flooring from room to room because sure. you don't want to break up a small space because if you do that, it'll make it feel smaller. Your kitchen's all wood flooring? The whole house, same floor. Oh, is that right? All wood. We just have rugs. Oh, okay. That like yeah. define spaces. Yeah, when I grew up, my, my dad's house had a, like the kitchen was tile and then outside of the kitchen, but it was also different rooms. So it wasn't kind of, it wasn't like a weird transition. And it wasn't a small space. That's true. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It was a good size space. Nice. Um, so yeah, long story short, I know what a backsplash <laughs> is. The can That's art. What it looks like. <laughs> the can art reminds me of the backsplash at Urban Roots. Sure which I don't know if I've mentioned this more than six or seven times, yep. but it's one of my favorite places to eat in Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, I the, the amount of times we've talked about it in the past five days makes me really want to go there. It's downtown, you said? Yeah, it's off like Y Street. It's really not that far off of the 50, if you just jump on that and oh, head, like, that head like towards Fresno. But okay, it's only sure. like you're on the 50 for like, you get off at what, X Street, I think. Okay, So sure. it's like right there. Uh, but it's a really, really good spot. They have this giant industrial smoker inside their restaurant with this mm-hmm. giant hood, and it always smells amazing. I got to try their collard greens. How was that? That's How really, were they? They're really good. Yeah. I'm going to make my own soon. Nice. Yeah. So I've been looking into how to make those and stuff. But How hard is that? 
Um, you have to either purchase or smoke a turkey leg. Uh, Maybe be- I don't know what collard greens are. No, they're greens, but yeah. you basically make your own broth and then stew collard greens in them. Cool. But like the broth requires a piece of smoked meat. And they recommend turkey on a lot of the websites that I've seen. Right. So you can do it with pulled pork. You can do it with all kinds of stuff. Right. Well, cool. But yeah, so we went there again, and I love this place very much. And I love a lot of their beer. You got a four-pack of this. I did. I've tried a bunch of their beers. I think this is actually one of my favorite things that they've ever put out. Really? Yeah. I'm a huge fan of this beer. I really like the hops that they used. Um, They really add a beautiful earthiness. Uh, I don't know which one it is. I know it's not Citra. I think it's Galaxy, man. But the the earthiness and like this is... It's an IPA that tastes like an IPA. It looks like an IPA. Yeah. It's it's just like kind of this classic style, mm-hmm. but it's double dry hopped, I believe. Did they mention that? I don't think so. Yeah. No? Really? I don't see double dry hopped. Okay. Well, uh, it's just- Maybe it's on the camera. Maybe it's doubled. Uh, yeah. What? Double dry hopped. Nice. West Coast. Double IPA. The DDH there. I missed. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, like 8.4% too. Like the earthiness, I think. When you have beers that are- strictly trying to be really hoppy, like take any of like the stone ruination beers. Um, the alcohol is so friggin' hot. Yeah. And here it, it is still hot. Like it's, it's an Imperial IPA. It's a double IPA, but like, um, it comes mostly on the back end. I think a lot of that earthiness from what I think is the, the galaxy hop. I don't really know what a CTZ hop is. Maybe I should look that up. I don't either. Um, but I think it rounds it out really nice. I think this is a very approachable beer for how strong it is. Totally. And very good. Yeah. It's really, really drinkable. I think uh, the double dry hopping really adds to the drinkability sure. because it takes away a ton of the rough edges of the the alcohol and also the the, the IBUs of the, the regular hopping. Right. Double dry hopping release, it's when you dry hop, basically you're teabagging the beer. That's right. With hops. Yeah. And you get all of the, the beautiful stuff that makes it like juicy and- Without take, the bitterness, right? Without the bitterness. Yeah. yeah. So you get a ton of the flavor, and that's why this beer is super hop forward. I'm a big fan of this beer. That's why I, I brought the four pack back. We shared one together the other day, and I'm yeah. like, dude, this is worth doing on the show. Definitely, like, it's really good. Uh, and I love the name, Meeting of the Minds. Three breweries, very local. You know, it feels a little pretentious to me. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Like well, they're three of the pillars of the brewing community in the Greater Sacramento area. Yeah, it's just like I don't like when people acknowledge that. Like, hey, look how cool we are, the three of us. I'm actually just going, I don't know why I feel so strongly. I know exactly why I feel so strongly right now. Why? For Loco. Yeah, for Loco. But um, I do think the point stands You're like, fuck these breweries. (laughs) these guys. This is the worst. I'm out. Uh, No, it's fine. I think it's a cool name. The alliteration is something that I really enjoy. Meeting of the Minds. It's a catchy name. So actually, maybe I have no complaints. All right. Whatever. Look at that. His his opinion is like his four loco. I just like New Glory. It's liquid. That's what it is. I just wish New Glory ran on this, and then I'd be Or But New Glory's been doing a bunch of cool stuff for Sack Beer Week, too. They're doing their own damn thing, and they've released a bunch of collabs. They're killing it. Like, I need to get down there and get some Or like Fieldwork. Like, there's some big names in Sacramento that are not here. I just feel like it's very, very exclusive, being like, we are the minds. Well, no, they've, they've all done multiple collaborations for Beer Week. That's true. You know what I mean? There's so many breweries down there. You can only collaborate with so many people. That's probably fair, huh? And they're all collaborating with different breweries. So I think if you get on the uh, Sac Beer Week website, well, this it's over now that you're listening to this. Is that this, this coming weekend yeah, for us? Yeah, exactly. Same with- No, uh, it's this last weekend. That Yeah, sorry. So it ran through like April. We went down there on the 28th. Wait, just to Sunday. be- Oh, so it was, it was for you and I in this timeline. Yes. It was last weekend? Yeah. Oh, okay. Shoot. Two weekends ago if you're listening to this. Yes. So it's long gone. You missed out. It's gone. Goodbye. But if you're beer fans, you're plugged in enough to know what's going on and, and get down there. In, in our timeline, isn't there something this weekend? 
like be uh oh there's there's like something oh, there's, there's like 300 events in chico though oh in chico yeah there's like a beer is it beer sierra nevada something oh right? that is it's the beer camp thing it's beer camp yeah okay that's yeah that's happening this saturday yeah we can't do anybody any good with this episode but yeah hope you had fun if you went if you missed it next year i heard that to change a bunch of stuff because hella people got fucked up how so like injured because their games were like very physical and like doing they have games. I yeah. don't know what beer camp. Yeah, is, beer I camp guess. is like a it's like a big giant party where they have like legit games like climbing walls. Oh, and that's so cool! Like you could fight with like the giant. Tunes. Yeah, I see what you're doing. Yeah, stuff like that, like gladiator, American gladiator style. Yeah, but like right. I guess a bunch of people got injured. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> a bunch of alcohol yeah. and physical sports. So I get that's and it's at Sierra Nevada. Yeah, it's in the Hop Yard. Man, that's like twice in a row. There was what was the thing where he, uh, they ran out of beer. Oh, that oh, uh, oh, oh, single fresh. Oh, that was single fresh. Yeah, but I heard. I mean, other than the injuries, last beer camp was dope. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. I guess. Yeah. Just be better at at activities. Oh, I just comes out in a body cast like, hey, aside from the injuries, I'm it was sorry. pretty good. I didn't do any of them, and I didn't get hurt. Yeah, well, that's uh, you shouldn't probably also didn't go. Well, yeah, didn't get hurt. I'm just saying, just like, know yourself. No, you're out limits. drinking. Like, maybe don't hop onto an inflatable thing and get hit with a foam stick. I guarantee those people that got hurt are the people that get hammered and they're like. No, I could jump off this. Yeah, that's me, though. I am that person. But have you ever seriously injured yourself? No. Then you know what size stuff you can jump off of. Yeah. So we should rate this beer. Yeah, and then go jump off some stuff. Deal. Um, This is really good. My only problem with this beer, and it's it's barely a problem, it's just kind of the heat on the back end. It's really crisp and clean and drinkable on the front, but then it just kind of like heats up your throat as you drink it. Definitely has a finish to it. But if you're in the mood for it, then I think it's going to be fine. So, yeah. so I'm going to give it like a, I'm going to go eight again. It's yeah. a really good beer. That's a, a great score. I'm yeah. going to give this an eight too. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of this beer. I think it's probably the best double IPA that they've ever made. I really like the collaboration aspect of it. Um, I love that it's clear. It doesn't taste like orange juice. It tastes like beer. Yeah, sure. Which I love. As you know, I'm partial to this style. There's good beers in every style, but this is just my personal preference because it's my fucking podcast. Sure. Why slash not? Slash ours. That's fine. You're talking. No. That works. It's always ours. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I like this beer for what it is. I think it's a great double IPA, and I think I was lucky to get down and get a four pack. I think that is exactly accurate. Um, Out of the two uh, beers today, safe to say this one is your favorite, even though you rated the other one higher? Yeah. I think yeah. I, 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 it's hard because the... That Goza was like one of the top tier Gozas. Yeah, but, but it like, was, yeah, I got you. It's a Goza. I mean, it's a, maybe overall it's a better beer if we're ranking them in the pantheon of all beer, but I would definitely gravitate towards drinking this one more frequently. Fair enough. Um, I want to give a quick shout out, if you're good on this beer, um, yes. to what we're doing next week. We're covering a film called Long Shot. It's with Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. Um, I won't tell you too much about it, but if you're interested, go watch a trailer because it's looking to be pretty good. It looks hilarious. It looks hilarious and... Uh, with two actors, uh, respectively. I mean, Charlize Theron's been doing really intense drama stuff for a long time, but Seth Rogen, I feel like, has approached a lot more um, heavy-handed roles lately. Yeah. Uh, heavy-handed's maybe not the right phrase, but, like, um, you know, uh, dramatically intensive roles, like, where he has to do more than just being, like, the stoner laughing yeah. in the background. Um, and I like where he's been going lately. Um, so if you'd like to see that, um, I think it'll be out 
before our next episode drops. So go see it. Uh, again, it's called Long Shot. It has uh, to be out because we're doing it on the podcast. You are a wise man. Yep. Um, Four Loco makes Max forget yeah. how time works. <laughs> so I get so caught up in like trying to sound like I know what I'm doing. Like I just don't <laughs> say common sense things. You're just saying words that sound pretty yeah. together. Our episode next week is going to be out by the time that it's out. So listen to it before it's out. And hopefully the movie that we're doing is, yeah, out, is out before <laughs> the episode airs. Uh, we got to go. Let's end it on yeah. that, dude. Okay. Uh, we'll <laughs> see you next week. That's Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. Don't drink Four Loco. See the movie we're going to review, and this will never happen again. Or don't. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.